Good morning, everyone. Today's readings have a sort of double theme. And it's a little bit much to time all together, so we're just going to choose one of them. But the, the double theme is both about, on the one hand, it's about humility. And why that's so important for us as Christian men and women. And the, the second theme that go, actually goes hand in hand is love for the poor. Uh, today we're going to focus in on humility and why that's such an important uh, virtue, characteristic, quality that should be found in each one of us. Being a Christian is a bit like learning a foreign language. <clears throat> if you've ever learned a foreign language, you know it doesn't just happen. If you're going to learn a foreign language, you have to be very, very intentional about it. It's difficult. You always want to revert back to your native language. When I went to Mexico with two of my uh, seminarian brothers, we had to really try hard not to speak in English, which we kind of failed at, which is why I'm not at a Hispanic parish, right? <laughs> <laughs> But it's true, if you want to learn a language, you have to be so careful, you have to be intentional, you have to choose things that are difficult. And being a Christian is much that way. Humility, brothers and sisters, humility is one of the most important virtues of a Christian. And it's not natural, it's not normal, it's not something you just have. It only comes to those who choose to pursue it. Jesus, today in our gospel, he tells a story about a wedding banquet. And it's, it's a great story. And the parable is all about a pecking order. Right? Us being so concerned about where do we fall. And we all do this, don't we? You came into Mass today and you looked around you and you're like, I'm better than that guy. Right? The worst place on earth, worst place on earth for this is the seminary. Worst place ever for pecking orders. The first day I came into seminary, everybody walked in. I had 17 guys in my class. And we all walked in, and our first day, we were all looking at each other. And we're kind of, over the first week, we sized each other up. You know, who's the most athletic? Who knows the most? Who's the most intelligent? Who knows theology? Who's the most gifted? I won everything. It was, <laughs> it got tiring, right? <laughs> no, it's not true. I had a great class of guys. But we did that. It's natural. It's normal. You do this in your workplaces, in your neighborhoods, with your friends, don't you? We all do it. You, you get in your neighborhood, and some new family moves in, and you might like them for a while, but you kind of size them up. St. Augustine tells us what this is about is self-love. And another word for this, brothers and sisters, is pride. Pride, the church teaches, is the most deadly sin to all of us. And what it is, is it's a sort of love of self. It's a disordered love of self. We're supposed to love ourselves, but only in the right way, in the way God desires, in a healthy way. And that comes when we put God and our neighbor before ourselves. But pride's a kind of love of self. Right, where I'm, I'm concerned so much about what people think about me what my rights are. C.S. Lewis says, one of the, if you ever want to stop being a Christian, 
He says, if you want to stop being a Christian, one of the best things you can do is start dwelling a lot on what your rights are and how they're being violated. That attitude that says, I have a right to this, I'm entitled to that, is so polarized on the opposite end of what it means to be a Christian. If you start thinking that way, you'll never live as a Christian. You and I have to think differently. So, you know one of my favorite scripture passages, and one of my favorites, I swear I quote it twice a month, is 1 Corinthians 2.16. Does anybody remember what it says? You're like, I'm far too humble to admit that I, that I know what that scripture passage is. And 1 Corinthians 2.16 is so simple. Catholics, Catholics, Catholics. We've got to memorize scripture. It helps. And it's so easy. Today you're going to memorize your first scripture passage. 1 Corinthians 2.16, repeat after me. We have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Now say it, 1 Corinthians 2.16. 1 Corinthians 2.16. You just memorize your first scripture passage. Isn't that easy? It's so easy. We have the mind of Christ. Right? We think differently. Christians are weird. Some of you are weird anyways on a human level, but all of us are weird because we think differently. There's a logic to the world. The world thinks a certain way. Blaise Pascal is this very famous French Catholic thinker. I love, he has this wonderful line. He says, the heart has reasons which reason knows not. The heart has reasons which reason knows not. Christians are a little bit like that. We have a logic, but it's not the logic of the world. It's a different way of thinking. It's a different way of seeing things. It's the way Jesus Christ thinks and sees. And brothers and sisters, that's why humility is important. Not just because, you know, we, we hear this parable Jesus tells us today, and we hear it as a kind of uh, an instruction by Christ. When you go to a banquet, take the lowest place, not the highest. And it is that. But it's much more. It's so much more. Have you ever gone on a 14er? You know that if you go on a 14er, there's these markers, these signposts, where people stack rocks on top of each other. And they're supposed to be markers that you're still on the trail. They're called cairns. And sometimes I always laugh because you'll be in the woods and there's clearly one path. Like, it's painfully obvious. And people will still put up cairns because they think they're cool. Hate those people. No, just kidding. Um, but when you get to a boulder field, when you get out of the woods and you'll hit, you hit this big rocky path, you can't tell where the path is leading. It's hard to see. Sometimes the Christian life is like that. There's places that are more obvious and we know the way we're going. And sometimes we hit spots where we don't know. And it's confusing. And we look at this boulder field and we say, Lord, what is the path I am to take? Well, praise God, there's, there are cairns. There are signposts. There are markers that point out the way. And one of them, one of the most important ones is humility. Why? Because it is the mind of Jesus Christ. Think about it. This, is, this parable isn't primarily a rule. It describes who Jesus is. 
Jesus is God himself. He had the highest place. He was that guest that the head belonged to. In heaven, we heard in our second reading about the heavenly Jerusalem with myriads of angels and festal, um, and festal garments. And we hear about the souls of righteous men made perfect. The beauty and the peace and the joy. And guess who's at the center of that perfect place? None other than the Son of God. But Jesus chose the lowest. Right? He didn't look to be honored. He didn't look to have the highest place. Because he loved you and he loved me, he chose the lowest place. And all over the New Testament, we hear about this. That's what the incarnation is, by the way. When, when the Son of God became man, he chose the lowest place. In the New Testament, over and over again, St. Paul talks about Christ becoming, in, in most translations it says, he becomes a servant. And sometimes Paul says that. The Greek word for servant is diakonos, where we get deacon. But Paul pretty rarely calls Christ diakonos. Almost always he calls him doulos, slave. Listen to this passage. This is Philippians chapter 2. In Philippians 2, it says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is in Christ Jesus. Right? Similar to 1 Corinthians 2.16. We have the mind of Christ. Think this way. Jesus was in the form of God, but he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking the form, and my translation says servant. But the Greek word is not servant. Americans, that's why they, I think they do that. Americans don't like the word slave because of our ugly history with slavery. But Paul says Christ chose to become a slave for us. He moves on, and towards the end of this hymn, by the way, this is beautiful. Philippians 2 is a hymn the early church used to sing. It says, Therefore God has highly exalted him, and bestowed on him the name above every name. Remember what Jesus said in the gospel today. He says, whoever humbles himself will be exalted. But whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Jesus chose the lowest place, and God exalted him. That's the mind of a Christian. And it's not normal. It's a foreign language. Our world, we all know this, brothers and sisters, but it's subtle. In our world, the music we listen to, the TV shows we watch, the people we hang out with, this is why you've got to choose your friends. This is why when I'm urging you to make Christian community, it's not just kind of like, I want to hang out with you. Your friends will influence you much more than you ever think, and most human beings are embracing their pride. Let me show you how much better I am than everyone else. There's this spirit of arrogance, of choosing the first place, of choosing self. But you and I have the mind of Christ. We think the way he thinks. We see the way he sees. So important. So how do we get there? 
When I was a, a focused missionary, <laughs> uh, we used to joke about a prayer I'm going to share with you this morning, but it's, it's called the Litany of Humility, and it's a super dangerous prayer. We always said, if you start praying this prayer, you, just bad things are going to happen. Like, you're going to just embarrass yourself a lot. St. Alphonsus Liguori says that Christians generally want to be humble, but the only way to become humble is by being humiliated. And so if you pray this prayer, God might humiliate you so that you might think the way Christ thinks. Right? See the world the way he sees it. And before we pray, one last thing I want to say why it's so important. Pride is about being so worried about what people think about us and making ourselves the center. If you think that way, if you're always worried what people think about you, about losing friendships, about not being happy or comfortable, you'll never be free to choose what you should. You'll say, I know I should stand up for the faith, but I'm worried what this person at work might think about me. I know that I should love the poor, but it makes me uncomfortable. Christ chose the lowest place. He didn't love himself, he loved others. So the litany of humility, we're not going to do the whole one. I want you to look it up. Go home this week, look up the litany of humility and pray it. it will, the good thing about it, it frees us. Humility frees us to, start, to just get over ourselves. <laughs> to love God, to love others, to realize that things are bigger than us. It creates freedom A person who's humble is a person who is free. And so it's a litany. Litany is the Latin word for list. And it begins, it says this, it says, O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. And then there's this list, and I want you to pray it with me. I'll invoke it, and then the response to each kind of petition is, deliver me, Jesus. And so, dear Jesus, From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised, from the fear of being forgotten, Deliver me, Jesus. And there's a second half. I want to pray a couple of these with you. The, the second half, it says, the petition is, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. And so, Lord, that others may be loved more than I, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be esteemed more than I, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be chosen and I set aside. 
Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it, that others may be praised and I unnoticed. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. Brothers and sisters, my prayer for you this morning is that you would have true humility, that you would have the attitude of Christ who did not seek himself, but who sought others.